Hello, and welcome back to episode 72 of Outnumbered the Podcast. We are delighted and a little bit awestruck to have gotten the chance to interview Heather of Alpine Baby Company. In this episode, we chat with her about so many topics, running an online business, having a large family in a small house, and a myriad of animals, and so many other topics. You are going to love this episode. Hello, and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. We're so glad to have with us Heather of Alpine Baby Company. She sews up the most incredible and cute baby leggings and clothes, and we're going to talk to her about a whole bunch of stuff besides just baby clothes. So we're delighted to have you here with us today, Heather. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So we usually start our episodes off with a little bit of a humor segment because we all know that motherhood is hilarious, <laughs> if you can keep your sense of humor right. Um, right. So we, we wanted to ask you if you have um, some, a funny mom moment you'd like to share with us or a funny thing your kids said, et cetera. Well, I have a lot of them, but probably the one that sticks out the most is when my I went to pick up my kids from school one day, and they were all still in elementary school, so I had, I think, I just had the four kids in the car with me, and I picked them all up, and we're taking off driving, and I had been on my phone, and I don't remember, it must have been a somewhat important phone call, I don't remember who I was even talking to. But my kids had been kind of trying to interrupt me, and they were saying things, and I was just like, shh, shh. You know how you're on the phone, you're like, shushing them. So we get home, and I'm starting to get snacks and stuff, and I'm like, where's Sage? And that'd be my <laughs> oldest daughter, and they're like, well, Mom, you left her at school. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you never, you never picked her up. You drove away. I'm like, well, why didn't you guys tell me? And I'm like, well, because you kept shushing us because you were on the phone. <laughs> and we didn't want to interrupt you and get you upset. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, guys, if I'm leaving a kid at school, you can interrupt me and be loud and yell. So here they were being so polite because they didn't want to get in trouble by interrupting me on the phone. And I just drove away. And I left her. It was a long time. And, like, she was, I think she was in third or fourth grade. <laughs> So we have to go back to the school and she's on the playground just sobbing her little eyes out, you know, and it, and it wasn't funny at the time, of course, I felt horrible, but later we really laughed about it. And I'm like, you guys can interrupt me on the phone. Like there's certain things that you can interrupt me for. And they waited until I got home and finished my phone call and everything. Like they never said, you know, by the way, mom, Sage is at school. You left her and forgot about her. So. Those are some really obedient kids. <laughs> Like, what have I done to put this fear into them that they are that afraid to interrupt me? Yeah. Well, I would like to know because I'd like to take some of that fear and use it for my own good. <laughs> oh, I know. So, yeah, I don't know. So we might not get interrupted today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, def definitely we need some of that then instill in our kids because we yeah. always get interrupted. <laughs> but, yeah, they're... 
I've relaxed a little bit since then, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Sage is your oldest. Tell us a little bit about you and your family. I married Rye almost 20 years ago now, and we have five kids. We live in Kalispell, Montana. Um, He does, he has his own construction company, small business. And then, of course, I have my sewing company. And yeah, we love the outdoors, love getting out into the mountains. Um, we're building a house right now, so we're working on that. So what what are the ages of your kids now? Uh, Sage, the oldest, is 18. And then I have 16, 14, 10, and 5. And only one of those is a boy, right? Yeah. Yep. The 10-year-old, Shay. He's the only boy. Oh, lucky kid. <laughs> Yeah, he when he found out Saren, the youngest, was a girl, we have the funniest video because we did one of those little gender reveal things. I have the funniest video when he found out she was a girl. He cried and cried and cried, like, for a long time. Like, he was just brokenhearted. Poor thing. So pretty cute. Yeah. He's made peace with it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty tough. Uh, okay, so I want to hear about your company, Alpine Baby Co. So it's very successful from what we can tell, children's clothing shop. Can you tell us a little bit more about it, how you started, um, what it looks like now? Yeah, so I didn't start the company. Um, it was started by um, Chelsea Dubay, and she, about a year and a half into it, she started to get overwhelmed by orders and trying to keep up with sewing. So I just happened to see, um, I think it was her, an Instagram post where she had said, someone had said, oh, you're, you know, I'm kind of waiting on my order. And she said, I'm backed up and I'm kind of looking for a seamstress to help me out. So I actually just reached out to her on Instagram and I said, hey, if you're looking for help sewing, you know, I love to sew. I have my own equipment. So anyway, it started a friendship and I was her seamstress for, I think, almost two years. And then... She wanted to kind of move on and pursue other things. So it just kind of evolved that I took over the business and bought it from her. I just made my final payment last month. So I've now owned the business as long as she did. So (laughs) it just kind of evolved. It just fell in my lap. It worked out. It was just kind of meant to be. So, and it was just the right time in my life. Like I could have never done it when my kids were much smaller and younger. So it just worked out really well for us. Right. So are you the only seamstress still, or do you have uh, helpers? Do you still sew? So I do all the sewing, but my girls all help me out with everything else. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just so fussy about it. It's hard for me, like, I don't know, to pass on the sewing to someone else. Like I've even started working with the girls on it and it's, it's hard. I'm really fussy on the sewing and it takes a lot of experience, as you probably know, to become a good seamstress and so I'm kind of working on training them but right now the sewing is done by me (laughs) wow that's amazing and it's really awesome sewing too I mean you sent me a pair of leggings when our youngest baby was born and I looked them over as a seamstress myself just because I was curious I think you have a commercial serger yeah I do and I looked them over and boy, they were impeccable. I mean, they were really good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That's good praise coming from you. <laughs> and also super but, cute. I mean, I, who, so you do, you do not do the designing of your fabric, though. You outsource that, right? So I do both. I have done some of the designing myself, but I don't 
enjoy it because it involves technology, which is, <laughs> you know, I, I don't love technology. I don't love Adobe Photoshop. And so I'd have something in my mind and a picture of what I wanted. And I'd get on the computer and try and put it together. And it just usually never quite turned out how I had in my mind. So then I started looking at and working with other designers. And they are so much better at taking what I have in my mind and making it reality than I ever was. So finally, I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to stick to sewing (laughs) and pay other people to design the fabric. And it's just a better use of my time. But I still dabble in it a little bit if I have free time. And do you design the shirts too, the um, that? The vinyl that goes on the tees? Yeah, we do all the shirts. That's a lot easier. They're so <laughs> cute, though. <laughs> yeah, my my daughters um, are kind of working on designing some. We have one of our tees that was designed by my second oldest daughter, and they're both working on some more coming for summer, so... Yeah, and I love I love what you just said about about the outsourcing thing. I think that that is a real lesson for all moms everywhere, right? Is that sometimes we beat our heads yeah. against the wall thinking, I just have to be good at everything, or I just have to do this because that's what moms do. And yet, that's a lesson we can learn, you know, from business as moms is if that's not something that you're good at or that you even enjoy let someone else do it. It can be an older kid. It can be someone you hire, whatever. Why do we, we don't have to do everything. I love that thought. Yes, that, exactly. Because that's how I went into it. I was like, oh, I, I'm going to do everything. And, you know, I'm going to be the designer and be the shipper and be the sewer and everything else. And I got a little overwhelmed. In fact, it got to a point where I told my husband, I'm like, I just don't think I can do this. Like, I can't be <laughs> everything to everyone and still do this business. And that's when finally I was like, okay, you know, what is the best use of your time? And, that, and that's when I decided sewing. That's the one thing I have been able to you know, find someone else that can do as good as me. But everything else, like I have my kids do the shipping, they do the shirts, they do the heat pressing, you know, I have designers that do the designing of the fabric. And so, yeah, that's exactly right. And then it became so much more manageable and less stressful for me. Okay, that's, that's really awesome to hear that your whole family gets involved. I just, I just love that. So we want you to tell us what's the best part of running your online retail business and then what's the hardest part so hands down the best part for me is being able to work from home and being able to be here with my family with my kids and I'm also by nature just a homebody and an introvert like when I have had to go work out in the job force I didn't love it and so it's really suited to my personality and what I love. I love sewing. I love fabrics, you know, so I'm doing what I love in the setting that I love. So that is by far the plus. (laughs) I think it would be technology. (laughs) (laughs) It's always the technology. I'm just, I struggle with even um, with my website and my my shipping, everything, all that stuff is done online, and I just struggle with technology. I always have, and I think I probably always will. <laughs> so I keep hoping one of my kids will develop an interest in computers and technology, but my only hope is my boy, my 10-year-old. He's starting to show some interest in it. I'm like, okay, but my girls, my older girls, they're as bad as me. (laughs) I think both Bonnie and I can relate to loving being able to stay at home and the part about working with fabric and sewing. I I think that's just really awesome, but we can both relate to that. And I know that we talked about 
what we actually talk about in a lot of our episodes about things that like listening to your intuition on, so you wanted to stay home with your kids and you found something that could support that. And that's just like, I don't know, we, we just want to stand up and applaud when we hear somebody say that because you're proving that, that it can be done, it's possible and it can be done. And that, that's really awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. It was really the only option for me. Like I've done so many stay home <laughs> business ventures from soap to selling quilts. I used to make quilts and sell them. And this is kind of the one that stuck and was actually successful and took off for me. So it worked out really well for me. <laughs> but if you ever do get back into soap, let me know because whew, I loved your goat milk soap. That was awesome. <laughs> Well, that it, it is coming. As soon as we got, we just got moved into our house, and I, I kind of just put it on pause until we moved into our house and had more space and room. But I will get back into that. Not really so much as a business, but it's just kind of fun. You know, I think I think Audrey and I talked in our episode on working moms a little bit about this, about how so many of us want something in in addition to motherhood, something more fulfilling, something to help out with finances or just to to share your talents with the world. And sometimes the right choice is to leave the home and do something outside of it. And usually you know if that's the case. And if it's not, usually you know that too, right? And I think so many of us have thought, yes, I want something extra, but I don't want to leave my kids for it. Or some people say they do. But I think the essential thing is to to stay true to that, right? And not try to fight it. If you really don't feel good about leaving your kids, find something else to do, right? Or if you really, really need a break yeah. from them, that's okay. There's no reason to feel guilty about that. So I, I love that you kept going to find something that worked for you at home. Yeah, I think we all have our own intuition on what, how we are as a mother. And for me, like, I remember when I was pregnant with my first, my first one, I'm like, oh, you know, I have to find childcare. And I, I was lining up childcare so I could go back to work and all these plans that I had. And then like the second she was born, it all just went out the window. I'm like, oh, well, never mind. I'm not going back to work. I'm not leaving her. But that doesn't mean that I'm ever judging anyone else who does. That was just my own preference and right. what I wanted. And I've, I've held true to that even when there's been some hard times and we've had to make some sacrifices. I'm like, you know, I'd rather have one vehicle and be able to stay home with my child, you know, or not be able to do trips and be able to stay home. So for me, it was just worth it. But it looks different for everyone, you know? Yeah. And sometimes it even looks different in different phases of life, right? Sometimes you know right. that the, the place you need to be is at home and then kids get bigger and you're like, no, now it's time for me to further my career and I'm going to go out and do something else. So yeah, to just be really, really yeah. tuned with that intuition. I love that. So I want to hear a little bit more about your house building situation. Like I'm obsessed with that idea about building a house, but that you currently live in a tiny space. So tell us about that, how you guys survived that. So we just moved into the big house, so we are not living in there, which we think is really a blessing in disguise right now when we're in oh, yeah, uh -huh. and not able to leave. We keep saying, okay, well, at least we're not in the pole barn. So how it happened is so we had bought probably about 10 years ago a really, really old home and then fixed it up, put a bunch of work into it. And we had outgrown it, especially with my business. So we needed somewhere that we could expand. So we sold it. And we had some property and we built a pole barn, which is like a, basically a metal shop. A lot of people don't know what a pole barn is, but kind of a metal shop that's pole framed. And most of it was my husband's shop, um, woodworking shop. And then on the side, we just did a living space that was about 600 to 700 square feet. And so we moved into that where we built our house on the same property. 
and we loved it. <laughs> we thought we were going to like just endure it and get through it. And, you know, I had my sewing studio in there. We had all four kids. We didn't have a bedroom, no doors except for the bathroom. And we loved it. Like <laughs> my husband kept trying to convince us that we didn't even need to build. We could just live there forever. And I'm like, <laughs> we need closets. That was our only problem is we just didn't have any closets. And so now we just moved into the big house and we love it too. And I think it just shows that it doesn't really matter where you live, but who you're with. And home is really just, you know, being together. But don't get me wrong. We're loving this. And I love my new sewing studio. And it's very, very nice. But we we love that year in our little apartment and in that pole barn. And it was great. I actually highly recommend it to everybody. <laughs> yeah, what a beautiful sentiment that it, it just matters, you know, just the people you're with matter. And I think a lot of us, that's something that we're, we're trying to understand right now as we're all cooped up inside with our families is that like are my relationships where I want them to be because this is truly what matters and sometimes it can be easy to forget that when we're go 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 you know to school and to work and to here and there and the extracurriculars but when it comes down to the basics of oh now I'm here with my family stuck inside do do we treat each other the way we should do we enjoy each other the way we should and I, I just love that sentiment what a great time to really focus on the essential yeah I agree and I think it's it's a good lesson too in that, you know, for me, I was at kind of a point where, you know, that old house, we'd outgrown it. There was so many, you know, it just constantly needed work. And I'm like, well, I think I will just be happier if we can get a new house and um, one that we can build together. And it's bigger and it has this and it has that and kind of that, you know, American dream. And like I said, it's great and we love it, but we were just as happy in that old <laughs> down house as we are in this one. I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound unappreciative. I appreciate it so much. But, you know, my point is, I think you can be happy no matter what situation you're living in if you just look at what you have around you, which is your people. Yeah, so. that, that's really awesome. Thank you for sharing that, that point of view. Um, so you have your sewing business and you guys just finished building a house or you, I, I don't know if it's finished. You've moved in. We're not quite done. <laughs> yeah. We're moved in. We're not, we're just kind of finishing it as we live in it. Yeah. Yep. So, so then you have a farm with lots of animals. I know you have fun, fun dairy goats and you post about them on your Alpine baby co Instagram on the stories. It's so cute. I love to watch your little baby goats <laughs> and you have beautiful flower gardens in the summers. And then you talked about soap making. So talk to us about how you juggle everything and make it work. Oh boy. Um, you know, I think ultimately we all just find time for what we love. Cause I have people say that to me, like, how do you guys find time for all this? And how do you do all this? And I, I don't know. I don't have an answer, but I just think we, Ultimately, we find time for what we love. Some people, that means coming home, turning on the TV and watching sports for a couple hours. Some people, it's coming home and taking a long bath or relaxing. To me, relaxing is going out and working in my garden or taking care of the goats and doing chores. And those are the things that I love. We don't have TV. I don't have Facebook, stuff like that. So it just kind of... I don't know. I guess it just prioritizes what is important to us, which is being outside, you know, being having fresh milk to drink, just what's important to us. And it, I think that looks different, again, for everyone. Everyone has what they put their downtime into. And for me, that's what it is because I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I grew up on a farm. 
Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it kind of takes me back to my childhood. It's the childhood I want for my kids. Although we laugh because we have all these baby goats, this whole huge place, all this stuff to do. And our kids are still like, mom, what do we do? (laughs) We're bored. And I'm like, oh, I just don't think it matters what (laughs) kids have. They're still going to say that. (laughs) That's true. That's just a kid thing. I think something designed into kids to make them torture us, right? I'm bored. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, what do you mean you're bored? We have like, there is so much here to do. And yeah. It's a kid thing. I I loved, I was just smiling and nodding away when you said we make time for the things we love because I think Audrey and I have talked about this quite a few times. I can honestly say I have never stayed up till midnight in order to wash my dishes. That's just <laughs> not a priority for me. And for some people it is, and I really admire that. But I have stayed up way late and woken up really early and spent hours and hours sewing and building a business and designing and doing these things that I'm so passionate about because it fills me up, right? And so I think that for moms who are looking for something that gives them that sort of passion, if it's not something that's worth like losing sleep over or losing, you know, getting, having a messy house for or whatever, then it's probably not the right thing, right? I have a lot of people ask me about that. How do I, how do I find happiness if I'm stuck at home with diapers and et cetera? And I say, you just have to find the thing that lights you on fire. And I love that you, that you said that you've obviously found quite a few things that, that give you that passion. I love that. Yep. Yeah, so, I think it's very important for everyone to find that. And I laugh because like, I, I have some friends who, you know, they are always saying that to me. And I'm like, you guys spend like two hours at the gym. I don't, I would have, I, I can't even make myself hardly take a walk every day. Like, I love that. That's their passion. You know, they love to work out and run and be active and stuff. So we just all have our different areas that we put our time and energy into. And I wish that I could put a lot more time and energy into working out like they do. Yeah, I think we all just spend time doing what we love. I like too what you said about wanting to raise your kids um, on a farm, like you grew up on a farm and pass along some of those values and instill in them some of that work ethic too. I think that's the same reason that we have a lot of, oh, you know, farm animals and gardens and things on, on our property too, is that we're appreciating what our parents instilled in us and trying to pass that along, that work ethic and that appreciation of animals and all that along to the next generation. So I I really like how you brought out that part too. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so for our final question, we just wanted to shift focus a little bit. From what I understand, you suffer from some pretty intense um, sickness while you're pregnant. And I know this is such, such a hard thing. And so many women struggle with this. We want to just get a little bit of behind the scenes on that. What can you explain a little bit um, about the psychology of wanting to continue to have babies when you suffer so much? I'm really curious. Um, Yeah, that's also another question I get asked a lot. I think people think I'm crazy, (laughs) um, especially those that watch me go through it and see how it affects me. And then they're like, what? <laughs> I thought I'm doing it again, but I, I don't know. I, I wish I had an easy answer, but it just, it's worth it to me. That's what it comes down to. And I feel bad saying that because it doesn't mean that other moms that go through it and they're like, I'm never doing that again. And they don't, it doesn't mean that it wasn't worth it for them. So it's hard for me to answer that without, you know what I mean? But it's for me, it was just worth it. And both Ryan and I love kids. And like we knew as soon as we got married that we wanted a lot of them. 
And we would actually probably have a lot more if it wasn't for my sickness. Like, you know, like Ryan will always say, when I'm getting ready to talk him into the next one, he's like, I have no problems having more babies and more children. Like that is not the issue ever. He goes, my only problem is watching you go through that again. And I think for me, I, you know, I would get so sick, but it wasn't the biggest problem for me is I was so sick the whole time. So like, even with Saren, my last one on the day I had her, I was puking up buckets, you know, like (laughs) for me, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm just sick the first trimester. And then I feel great. I was just sick the entire time, you know, like so, so sick to the point where I was on IVs for nutrition in the hospital. I would, with my son, I actually puked so much. I tore a hole in my esophagus. So then I had to go like on a liquid diet and, and it was just the whole time. Like it would, it would get a little bit better, like in the second and third trimester, but I was still puking every day. And like with my second daughter, um, I puked so much so often that I actually, she ended up having intrauterine growth retardation. And then I couldn't keep down liquids, so she had super low amniotic fluid. And then by the time I had her, my placenta was half dead. So it it, it just affected everything. But I, I don't know. I just wanted more kids. And like I said, I'd probably have a lot more if it wasn't for that. I, I think that's a beautiful answer. Honestly, I, I think it's very difficult to ever, I mean, we should never take our own experiences and project them onto someone else, right? Like you're saying, like you, it makes you feel bad, like people who choose not to have children because they get very, very ill. That, that doesn't have anything to do with you. Everyone has their own decisions that they make, the best ones for them and their family. But I think that that's such a beautiful, simple answer that it was just worth it to you. And mom sacrifice, that's just what moms do. Whether we sacrifice before having our babies because it's hard to get pregnant or during pregnancy or during birth, there's a lot, a lot of sacrifice <laughs> (laughs) during birth, that's for sure. You know, sacrifice after, that's just what we do is we sacrifice things for our babies. And sometimes it looks like a physical sacrifice and sometimes it's a mental or an emotional one. But that, that's our lot. And we love it. We think it's worth it. That's why we do this, right? Um, but, oh, man, my heart goes out to you. Do you have any tips or thoughts that you can share with other women who experience that? Because that is such a unique and, and awful struggle to go through. Well, one thing that always encouraged me, I, I actually don't feel like I went through my pregnancies very well or very gracefully, especially with my, my last one, Saren. I was to the point where it just took me to a really dark place. and it was mentally very, very challenging for me. But one thing that I just hung on to, and I thought, you know what, there is so, so many women everywhere who don't get this privilege of being pregnant and having a baby. And, you know, with infertility, or whatever they're looking at, there's so many women who don't, like, I view having children as a privilege. Like I've been so lucky and blessed to be able to have them. So I would just kind of hang on to that. I'm like, it could be worse. You could be able to not be pregnant or have a child or a baby. And that helped me to just like put it in perspective for me, you know, and to just, I would just start thinking about, okay, I'm just going to get through today. Like it would, I would get so overwhelmed by like looking ahead. I had eight months more of puking, you know, (laughs) and I would just, that would just overwhelm me. So I would just start like fighting it off in chunks, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to get through today. 
and I'm going to try to get through today without, like, it was really hard on my older kids. Like by the time I had my fifth child, my girls were a little bit older and it was so hard on them. It really, really affected them. So then that kind of helped me too. Like, okay, this is just killing your kids to see you like this. You have to try to like somehow (laughs) get through this and try to put on a smile on your face every now and then and maybe leave the house and do something with them. And so I kind of did it for them. But yeah, it's, I don't know, it's hard. More than anything, they have my sympathy if people have it. Uh, Hypermensia, gravitarium or whatever it's called, but yeah, it's, it's horrible. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I can relate a little bit because I suffer a little bit from prenatal anxiety. And so I would do some of the same mental calming tricks or, you know, talks, tips to myself, like just get through this day, you know, don't think about how much time you have left and so on. So I I can really appreciate you sharing that. And just what, you know, what a beautiful thing you said when you looked at your daughters and your, and your kids and said you wanted to make it not so unpleasant for them that like, again, here you're being so selfless to have a pregnancy that just is sickness all the time. And then you're looking at your other kids and trying to make it um, a good experience for them too. That's wow. That's just amazing. Well, I might have traumatized them. <laughs> I think they're all like, I am never getting pregnant. I have never done this. I'm like, okay, good, good, good. That's okay. You can think that for now. <laughs> but I, I might have traumatized them a little too much. I think they're like, whoa. And I try to explain to them too. I'm like, you know, this isn't normal. But my mom had it too with her fourth child, um, Holly. She was my little sister. She was really bad. And she spent quite a bit of time in the hospital. And then she did the same thing. It was a couple years after she had Holly and she wanted another one. My dad's just like, no, like, no way. He's like, I am never, ever letting you go through that again. <laughs> so, you know, he just kind of puts a kibosh on that. And, and that's kind of where Rye is too. He's just like, we just can't do it. Cause we would, like I said, we'd have more kids, but it, it was definitely a trial. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so amazing. Well, and yeah, and, and chances are good that your girls will be just fine, but they, they know what the worst thing is to expect. And if it's anything better, they'll be so grateful. So just think about that. <laughs> and worst case scenario. So a couple years ago, um, we were pregnant and we found out it was twins and I had told my, my girls about it. And I remember telling them we were sitting at the cheesecake factory in Seattle and I was telling them about it and their eyes just oh got so big and I'm like aren't you guys excited and happy and you know I just thought they were going to be so overjoyed and I'm like no mom you can't do that again <laughs> and they were they were just so like so I, I think that it was hard on them but it was also um they eventually they got really excited and they were so excited about it and then you know, I think, you know, I, I miscarried them. And I think that also put it in perspective for me too, going through a miscarriage and having to deal with that and realizing there's some women that deal with this all the time, you know, and can't hang on to a child and can't get pregnant. And like, I'm so lucky having to be sick really is nothing when you look at the big scheme of it, you know, and people who have to deal with miscarriages all the time. It's just heartbreaking. Wow. That's a beautiful message. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah. We, we really appreciate you opening up your heart to us and, and your struggles and your victories. And, and we really just love talking to you today. 
Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so tell our listeners where they can find you online and where they can put their hands on some of those gorgeous baby leggings. Um, just alpinebabyco.com. And we are in a couple of stores too, but they're all closed up. I feel so bad for them, but we also Aww. sell at the Montana scene throughout Montana. Yeah. And then Sprouts, which is a baby clothing store in Whitefish. But they can still so. find you online, right? Yep. Well, we will definitely link to um, Alpine Baby Co. and your social media. And we just want to thank you again for talking with us today. It's been such a nice conversation. We think our listeners are going to love hearing from you. Well, thank you. And thank you for letting me talk. I kind of tend to ramble, so hopefully I made sense. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Heather. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon, and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other parents find the podcast and receive the help you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at Outnumbered the Podcast. We're always having fun over there, too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. I'm having a really hard time finding elastic. Oh, and oh, yeah. I'm trying to switch over to shorts for summer that don't have elastic, but I finally found some like in the UK. But it was so much in shipping, and it was going to take so long. So I thought, well, I'm just going to wait until there's not an elastic shortage, and then I'll go back to leggings. So I'm kind of taking a break from the leggings right now until I can source some more elastic. Yeah, that's the elastic shortage because everyone is sewing and making masks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's – and I, I was kind of surprised. like, but why is, like, waistband elastic? you know, out of stock. But then I discovered based on my own sewing, trying to make masks that you can cut it like lengthwise and yeah. make it work. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. That's a little tip. Yeah. <laughs> Although I should be telling people that and then they're going to keep buying all the waistbands. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, uh.